With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, guys, to another Downtown Sports Network podcast episode. It's number two. It's been a while. I'm back on my grind. Uh, Welcome back to the show. Um, We're going to be talking about four different leagues. Of course, this is an all-sports podcast, so we'll be talking about the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, the NFL, and the MLB. Um, We're going to break it up into four parts, uh, so... I'm going to get right into the NBA playoffs. Um, Before I start, you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, It's on every platform. If you could leave a five-star review or any review um, and tell a friend if you like what you hear, I would really appreciate it. Again, this is episode number two. I'm Jake Ellenbogen, the host of the show, and uh, really excited to get things going. I've been kind of chomping at the bit to really get back on my grind with this uh, show. I really want to make this thing. Going to bring on um, some fun guests, working on some big ones. Uh, so, you know, really looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, appreciate you guys as always for listening to whatever I do, reading whatever I write. Um, you know, it's much appreciated. So, with that being said, um, this is the second episode. Um, it's August 19th on a Wednesday. Um, that I'm recording this, and um, we're going to talk a little bit about last night uh, for the NBA playoffs. Uh, pretty crazy, um, you know, just yesterday in general for the NBA playoffs. First, we'll start off, um, we're going to just discuss what happened yesterday um, in the Magic and Bucks series, because things kind of got crazy. Um, the Bucks, by many and most number one seeds are, are considered the favorite, um, at least in that conference. So a lot of people, including myself, tend to believe, subscribe to the idea, this is a team that's going to be in the finals. Well, yesterday, the Orlando Magic may have put a little bit of a wrench into that cakewalk of a plan. Um, the Bucks weren't hurt. They had everybody, you know, available. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo wasn't horrible. I mean, you know, 31 points, 17 rebounds, seven assists, a steal. Um, you know, the usual, uh, maybe not quite the greatest game he's ever played, but definitely not a bad game by any stretch. Um, you know, Chris Middleton couldn't really get his shots up. Only 14 points. Uh, Brooke Lopez was kind of a disappointment, and he shot four threes. Um, Brooke Lopez has really great games and has really poor games, and this is definitely up there with one of those poor games. Keep in mind, he's a center, but he's not really much of a defensive center. He's more of an offensive-minded guy. Uh, so when he struggles from the offensive side, um, you know that's not a that's not good. Um, so. How did this happen? Because the Magic won 122 to 110 in Game One, the eighth seed. Um, it's the first time since 2002 to 2003 season when the Spurs won the NBA Finals uh, that both number one seeds had went down in the first game uh, to eight seeds. So it's been a while, and it happened yesterday. Uh, we'll get into the Lakers uh, Blazers game in a little bit, but just talking about this. The Orlando Magic, they're seven games out of 500, and they take down, you know, the rough, tough 56 and 17 bucks. Um, hats off to them. You know, it's it's been tough for them. You know, they, they lose a guy uh, like Jonathan Isaac, a premier defender, one of the best defenders in the game. Um, personally, I think he's going to end up being one of the best two-way players in the game. I think he's got unreal potential, and he, of course, you know, tore his ACL 
uh, during the bubble. Um, really unfortunate. And uh, their draft pick, Chuma Okiki, um, from, I believe, Auburn, <clears throat> he's actually uh, he's out. Um, he's been out for the whole year. Uh, so, you know, they don't have everybody um, that might be on the team next year. So looking at this team, what is the thing that really sparked the magic? Well, when you look at it, I mean, right off the cuff, Vucevic, uh, Nikola Vucevic, he went 15 of 24 from the field, five of eight from three. Um, the big man was kind of going off, uh, 35 points, 14 rebounds. I mean, that's going to do it. So Vucevic was on. Markel Fultz continues to show you that, you know, he belongs and, you know, maybe the, the 76ers gave up on him a little too quickly. Um, this is not a bad team. It's not a great team, but it's not a bad team. Are they going to beat the Bucks in a game, you know, in a seven-game series? Who knows? Um, I personally don't believe that's the case. I think if they had Jonathan Isaac, um, you know, his defensive prowess, I think, could definitely get him, you know, give them the nod. Um, but I, just, I don't see it. I don't think they're deep enough. They have some solid contributors off the bench. Um, you know, one, one guy in general, uh, Terrence Ross, who has played really well this year, um, you know, and DJ Augustine, of course, with his, uh, double, double, very low key, double, double off the bench. So, I mean, you know, I could see it Fournier didn't even play that well. And Evan Fournier can go off for 30 if, if you need him to. Um, so it's really going to be interesting, uh, moving forward in this series. I can't say for sure. Um, that I believe that the Magic are going to win the series. But at least it was, uh, you know, it kind of kicked it off and made it a little fun yesterday because this was the first game of yesterday. And, you know, the Magic doing this, um, you know, they're 15 and 23 on the road. This isn't a team that, you know, in big situations has been able to step up. So to step up in this situation, um, it's been impressive. And this has kind of been the nature of the bubble. You know, when you have teams that were really hot three months ago and now they take all this time off and, you know, it's like everybody's on, an e you know, the even playing field. I mean, that's really what people mean when they say that. So, um, you know, congrats to the Magic. I don't think they'll absolutely win this series, but who knows? You know, we'll see moving forward. This was a really good step in the right direction uh, for this team. And, uh, you know, the Bucks. um it wasn't the best. So, you know, obviously you can bounce back from that. It's definitely not the end of the world, uh, but it definitely wasn't a good start, um, you know, to this playoff uh, run, potential playoff run. Moving on, uh, we have the Miami Heat, uh, who went 1-0 in the series against the Pacers, uh, 113 to 101 win over the Indiana Pacers. Now, this is a game that kind of shows you how lethal uh, Jimmy Butler, Goran Dragic, and Bam Adebayo can really be. Um, when Bam's on, I think he might even be the better player of the three. Um, this was Jimmy Butler's game, although Bam with a double-double and six assists to throw in there um, is no slouch. He had three blocks as well. Uh, Butler with 28 points, four steals, four assists, two blocks, um, you know, kind of filling the stat sheet there. So, you know, I think this is a really good Heat team. Um, you know, they drafted Tyler Hero, uh, you know, in last year's draft. And, you know, he's stepped up and made, um, you know, some key contribution. Um, Kendrick Nunn is no longer, um, you know, he, he didn't he didn't play. Um, so he, he didn't suit up. Uh, you know, Miles Leonard didn't suit up, uh, Solomon Hill didn't suit up, so it was Iguodala, Hero, um, Derek Jones Jr., and Kelly Olynyk off the bench, but they really like uh, Duncan Robinson, uh, he played 24 minutes, as well as Jamison Crowder, who played 25, um, you know, Jamison Crowder obviously being that kind of do-it-all type of guy, uh, you know, utility guy, somebody that can, you know, definitely excel as a defender, uh, Duncan Robinson's had his games where he's been able to really score. Now, here's the thing. When you have Bam, you have, you know, uh, Butler and you have Dragic and everyone's healthy. Uh, Robinson isn't going to need to score, but he has shown in the past earlier this year that, you know, he has the ability to uh, take over um, as a guy if, if you need him to. So does Hero. In this one, though, 
you know, the Pacers are in a little bit of trouble. And the reason I say this is, you know, first off, they lost, and, and yeah, that that's obvious. But, you know, this is a game they start out, you know, in front, 33 to 27 at the end of the at, at the end of one um they you know blow the second quarter and then you know go into the half down and then you know the third quarter they look good and then they can't finish at the end um I have serious questions about Victor Oladipo who only played nine minutes uh you know a guy that had really turned into a star and you, you have to wonder if that injury has done a number on him and you know maybe he'll be back next year at full strength but he hasn't looked anything like the Victor Oladipo, you know, we, we've we come to know. Um, Malcolm Brogdon obviously has turned into a star point guard for them. You know, they're getting contributions out of Aaron Holiday, their draft pick. Um, you know, I, I like this team more long term, you know, if they can add a few pieces. But I don't see them beating the Heat in the series at all. Um, can they, they win, a, you know, a game or two? Sure. But TJ Warren's going to have to go off for like a 50-point night. Miles Turner's going to have to play better defense and not be, you know, absolutely stifled by Adebayo. And Brogdon's going to have to keep being Brogdon because 22 points and 10 assists is exactly what you need out of him. Uh, He's automatic when he gets to the free throw line. So, you know, he was able to get to the free free throw line 10 times in that game. Um, They could definitely steal a game or two. I I do not see them winning this series. Uh, It's going to be rough and tough. And, uh, you know, albeit the Pacers definitely, um, you know, have the higher seed, and this would have been a home game if it wasn't in the bubble. Um, I just think Miami at no point during the season was fully healthy. And, of course, you know, the Pacers were without Oladipo. But, I mean, it's come to, you know, are are we starting to wonder, I mean, is Oladipo even, you know, like like what is, what's up with him? Like, is he going to even be able to play this year? Because, I mean, he's a liability when he's in. So, I, I don't know at this point. I, I'm worried about him. Uh, you know, being a fan of his game, I, I definitely am worried about him. Um, moving on, though, we're going to talk about the the big upset that everyone's talking about. And that is the Los Angeles Lakers falling to the Portland Trailblazers. And... Now, before we get into this, I'll just say right now, um, I don't think it's a huge upset at all. Um, If anybody has watched the Lakers during the bubble, and I've watched plenty of Lakers games, they haven't been able to shoot the ball. And, I mean, they have not been able to consistently shoot the rock. Uh, Five of 32 from three, and you only lose by seven points. I don't want to call it an achievement, but it kind of goes to show you, you know, something isn't, something's not right here. Um, the Blazers didn't honestly play all that well. They they gave a lot to the Lakers. This game shouldn't have been close if we got a Blazers team, you know, during the bubble. Yes, they won. They deserve credit. Um, you know, especially Damian Lillard, who has been on fire. C.J. McCollum, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, who I mean. He is the guy that they were missing. When he went down with injury, they missed him. Uh, to be able to have Whiteside come off the bench is just special. He had five blocks right off the bench. Uh, they they like you know Wayne and Gabriel's ability as a defender. Carmelo Anthony didn't play his best game, but he had a double-double last night. And he has continued to be somewhat productive uh, since his kind of return, his resurgence in Portland. Um, here's the thing. The Lakers haven't been able to shoot. They're not getting bench production. Uh, when you look at the Lakers, you know, Anthony Davis is getting 39 minutes. LeBron James is getting 41. LeBron James had a monster game, 23 points, 16 assists, 17 rebounds. It shouldn't come as a shock because uh, that's what LeBron does. Um, Anthony Davis, 28 points, 11 rebounds. You know, I mean, those two guys you know you're going to get contributions out of, obviously. They're, they're two of the five best players in the league. But Danny Green going two of eight from three-point range. Contavious Caldwell-Pope playing 29 points, or, or 29 minutes, sorry. 29 minutes, zero of nine from the field, 0 of five from three. One point he registered in 29 minutes. I mean... I get, you know, he is a defender and, you know, teams love his defense, 
and his, you know, his aggressive defense. But there comes a point where you have to wonder how much longer, um, you know, Frank Vogel can keep him in the lineup. Because he was awful last night. And the way I see it, Kyle Kuzma, I mean, if they have to play small ball, I think it might honestly be best. I think Kyle Kuzma's starting to emerge again. He's getting that confidence back. He looked really good in the bubble, I thought. Um, so, you know, Kyle Kuzma, 30 minutes in this game. I mean, that's what I would continue to do. I'd continue to roll with him. Um, Deion Waiters getting one minute is just mind-boggling to me. J.R. Smith not even suiting up is mind-boggling to me. Um, you know, Taylor Horton Tucker not suiting up is mind-boggling. Quinn Cook, I, I mean, you know, Caruso... I like Caruso, but he was one of six from the field. You know, I, again, I like him. I like he's like an energizer bunny, but he is not the guy. Um, and don't get me wrong, the Lakers are still missing Rondo. And despite all the jokes that, you know, people will make about how, you know, Rondo isn't that big of a deal and they're better off without him, I disagree. Um, you know, does he have a hard time playing with LeBron? I do think so, because LeBron is a ball-dominant point forward, if you will, and you know, Rondo is kind of a ball dominant point guard. You know, he needs the rock and, and he needs to be able to pass. And he's a guy that he, he can get you over 10 assists a game if you ask him to. Um, over the years, though, Rondo has become a little bit more selfish and has, you know, taken ill-advised shots more often than not. Um, but make no mistake, I mean, the Lakers do need Rondo back. I think the biggest loss for the Lakers by far is Avery Bradley. Um, you know, I think not having him has really hurt them. And, uh, yeah, I, I liked his ability, you know, even to play the point guard spot. He's a good defender. He's a good shooter. I think that's really who they're missing in this series. Um, Avery Bradley, of course, had to sit out of the bubble. Um, it was it was his choice, uh, but it was due to, um, of course, COVID concerns and, you know, thinking about his family. So I'm not going to fault him for that. Um, Dion Waiters needs to play more than one minute. Markeith Morris, I think, needs to play more than 19 minutes. I think Markeith Morris has shown that he's capable. Um, then again, he got there a little late, so it could be a little bit due to that. Dwight Howard only playing 15 minutes is confusing to me because, you know, I think Dwight Howard has shown you he and JaVale McGee are a really good uh, tandem when you use them as rotational guys. Um, I just think, to me, the Lakers are a little bit of an identity crisis. If they can't hit the three, I don't think they understand like what they can do. Um, I mean, they shot 97 shots to the Blazers 79 and the Blazers only shot 39% from the field. So by no means did the Blazers dominate the Lakers. They should have, but they really didn't. The Lakers just left so much on the floor. Um, and they only lost by seven. So am I worried about the Lakers? They lose 100 to 93. Um, no, I'm not worried about the Lakers in the slightest bit. I would not be surprised if this was a five-game series and the Lakers won the, the next four games. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a seven-game series, but I don't think the Lakers are losing this series. I think there's way too much there. Uh, you know, you if LeBron has to score 50, it's going to get to that point where he's he's not going to get... I mean, he is going to score 50 if he needs to. Um you know, I think this is one of those games where, you know, LeBron tried to be kind of the the do-it-all type of guy. Um, but, I mean, LeBron has shown you in the past he can take over games. And this is not the game where he tried to take over as a scorer, per se. Um, it was more so try to fill the stat sheet and try to contribute in all areas. Um, and eventually, you know, these shots are missing from Danny Green. And, you know, they're, they're not necessarily using Deion Waiters. But eventually... They're going to start, and, you know, when they these shots start to hit, they're going to be lethal because they're taking way more shots than the other team, and if those shots hit, you start to look, and you're like, okay, this team is going to be a little trouble. Um, let us not forget that the Bucks also lost, and I'm not worried in the slightest about them. Um, I do think Portland is a better team than Orlando, but let's be real here. Portland is still 35 and 39 on the season. I think Nurkic having them back is something that they haven't had, um, you know, pr pretty much the whole year. So I think that really helps them. Um, it makes them kind of a scarier eight seed than what they would be. And it's a tough matchup for the Lakers, but it's a matchup that they should be able to win.
as great as Damian Lillard's played, as great as the Blazers have played, you know, they're going to tire themselves out. They play at that rapid pace, you know. I mean, they're going to tire themselves out. I really like the Lakers moving forward. I'd probably say Lakers in six. Um, but I, I don't think you can sleep on the Blazers. I'm just not necessarily worried about the Lakers moving forward. Um, moving on, the last game, and that was the Houston Rockets um, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And this is an interesting series. Um, this is Russell Westbrook facing his old team. Uh, this is the small ball lineup uh, versus, you know, kind of the traditional basketball lineup. And uh, you saw the modern day small ball lineup of the Houston Rockets is working to perfection, might I add. Um, they scored more points than anybody on uh, on Tuesday. Uh, with 123 to 108 victory over the Thunder. And uh, I don't really like the Thunder moving forward. I just don't think they match up well at all. Um, I don't think that you can keep up with the pace of scoring. They didn't even shoot that bad from the field. I mean, 44% isn't amazing, but I don't think they shot all that bad. Uh, it's just the problem is you're looking at 52 three-pointers from the Rockets. And if they hit 38% of those, I mean, that's going to be a lot of points. Um, and that's what you're seeing. I mean, you're seeing a James Harden, you're seeing, um, you know, you're, you're seeing those guys. So, you know, I mean, that, that, that's, that's how I see it. I mean, Russell Westbrook didn't play. Um, but you know, you're, you're seeing the Rockets right now, Eric Gordon with 21, you know, Macklemore can come off the bench and hit, you know, four threes. Um, they're going to be a tough out. I don't think that they're a championship team. I do think you do need a center, and they don't really have one on the roster to speak of. Um, but I do think that this is a team that's going to be scary. And while they may not match up well, you know, against, say, the Lakers or the Clippers or, you know, a more complete team, um, they're going to beat on a, an Oklahoma City Thunder team that can't, you know, outshoot them. So. Uh, and the Lakers honestly could run into that issue too. But um, yeah, the way I'm seeing this, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rockets, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rockets sweep the Thunder, to be quite honest. Um, you know, obviously I'd like for, you know, being a basketball fan in general, I'd like seven game series, but I just don't know if the Thunder can withstand what the, you know, what the Rockets bring to the table. Um, you know, Chris Paul is a great point guard, but Chris Paul isn't a great shooter. Uh, you know, Shy Gilgis Alexander, love the kid, but he only, you know, he was one of three from three. I mean, they're not, they don't have really anybody to, to keep up the pace of this scoring. And that, that's going to be their, uh, that's going to, you know, be their problem. So that is it for the Tuesday games um, for the NBA. I think we learned a, a lot in one night. And I understand, you know, it's the playoffs, anything can happen, all of that. But, I mean, I don't think you can really discount what happened. Um, I do think the Lakers were put on upset notice, um, you know, during the, the year. I think, you know, during the, the bubble, um, I think, it, you know, people saw that coming. So I wasn't entirely shocked. The Bucks, I was shocked about. But again, it's the playoffs, anything can really happen. Um, the Rockets, I was not shocked about. Felt like they would blow out the Thunder. And then... You know, I got to tell you, uh, the Heat and Pacers, I thought could go either way. But then when I watched the Heat, I was like, all right, the Heat, the heat are fully healthy. I don't really see a way that the Pacers are going to lose this series. Um, but that's just me looking at yesterday's games. We're going to take a quick look and preview uh, Wednesday's games because this is Wednesday. Um, Brooklyn and Toronto, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't think that Brooklyn really has much of a chance. Um, not having Dinwiddie in the bubble, I think really hurts them. I've said before, and I'll say it again, regardless if Kyrie played or not, I don't think, well, I will say this. If Kyrie played, I don't think that they're as good of a team. I think they're more, um, they're, they share the ball way better. Um, there, there's more spacing. The ball does not stick as much when Kyrie is not playing. Um, I think the stats show it as well. And, you know, I think really missing Dinwiddie has hurt them. The way Karis LeVert is playing is just, you know, you, you got to tip your cap to him. I mean, he's 
He's a very good young player. I just think Toronto low-key is the team that, you know, people aren't talking about enough. When you look at what the Raptors did last year with Kawhi, and then you look at what they have done this year, are the Raptors pretty much as good as they were last year, even without Kawhi Leonard? I mean, honestly, we're it's time to start asking that question. I mean, the, uh, the Raptors had no issue handling Brooklyn the other night. And they're the team that no one talks about because even though they're the reigning champs, they're not, you know, a big market LA. They're not, you know, they're not Houston. I mean, you know, they're not the Golden State Warrior. I mean, they're just not talked about in that same breath. Um, but I think it's time for people to start talking to them, uh, talking about them about that. I mean, you know, I think they have a lot of players, you know, like a Fred Van Bleet that, you know, people don't look at as, you know, perennial MVP, you know, all-star type of level players but you know they're consistent you know what you're getting at a Fred Van Bleet and uh you know when you have Siakam and and all those guys I mean it's it's a really tough bunch and you know they have that chemistry that carried over from last year just without Kawhi Leonard I mean you know they kind of just added OJ uh OG Ananobi um right in that spot who's played well I'm not worried at all about Toronto and I think it's time to start opening up the conversation uh, if they, if you could call them um, a serious title contender, because I really think you could honestly start arguing they're the favorite if you know the Milwaukee Bucks of three months ago did not show up to the the bubble. So you know we'll see with that. Um, I have Toronto winning today. Uh, that game is at 1:30 p.m. Eastern time, and then 4 uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time uh, we have Denver and Utah, and this is a tough one because. Donovan Mitchell just came off a 57-point outburst um, in which the Jazz lost by 10 in overtime. It kind of makes you wonder. It's like, what does, what will Donovan Mitchell have to do this time around? Denver is another team. I mean, if, if you're talking about the two teams that get no respect and they're very consistent, they've been consistent over the last two years, that, you know, if you're talking about a matchup you'd like to see, um, maybe it wouldn't be for, you know, the ratings, um, but if you'd like to see a matchup that's just good, hard basketball, Denver and Toronto, it wouldn't be great for ratings, or maybe it would. Um, but if you saw that in the, the NBA Finals, I mean, those be those would be two teams where, you know, consistency matters. Um, I think Denver wins again today. I just think, you know, Jamal Murray and, and Jokic, I, I really like what Denver has built. Um not to mention, you know, getting Michael Porter Jr. the way they did. I think Denver, to me, is going to be really tough. Um, do the Jazz win a game in this series? I mean, the Jazz are good enough, too, but they have to play their best in order to win. We've already seen that. We've already seen the Jazz play at their absolute best, or at least one of their players absolutely go off for 57 points, and they still lost by 10 in overtime. And they could have won the game, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, they're, they're going to have to be on their A game. Um then we have, you know, 6, uh, 6.30 p.m., we have Boston versus Philly. Uh, Philly, of course, does not have Ben Simmons, and you're seeing that firsthand. Uh, Boston really, and they actually just lost Gordon Hayward. Um, but even still, I, I think Boston is going to have no issue in that series. Um, Embiid is the only player I would say is a, you know, true all-star on Philly. Um, they need to feed him, uh, and they need to hope that, you know, Embiid can carry this team. I don't see it. I really think that they're missing Ben Simmons, and for that reason, I'm going to go with Boston in that one. And then 9 p.m. Eastern time, you can find uh, the LA Clippers taking on Dallas once again. We saw game one. We all saw how Dallas, you know, really made that a close game. Arguably could have won the game if Porzingis wasn't, uh, you know, ejected from the game for his two technical fouls. Um, still hate that rule. I, I don't I don't know why I hate it so much, but I mean, I, I'm not really a fan of ejecting players for things like that. I, I didn't really find a huge issue with it. And, uh, you know, I think it kind of hurt the product on the court as well. Um, but Porzingis will likely be back. Uh, we'll see game two. The Clippers looked really good, but I mean, the Mavs had every opportunity at the end of the game to win and they blew that. Um, so we'll see, you know, with Porzingis back, we'll see how well they play. Luka Doncic had an incredible, uh, you know, first playoff game performance. I only expect him to kind of ante it up. Um, while I think the Clippers win in six or seven games, the Mavericks are not going down without a fight. So it's going to be interesting. Um, 
and that is it for the NBA portion of this podcast. Um, you know, for all of you guys that tune in for just the NBA, appreciate you guys. We're going to head on over after this break. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to head on over to the NHL, talk about the playoffs and, uh, you know, go over that. There's some things going on. Uh, the Golden Knights last night um, up. Well, they didn't upset. They knocked out uh, the Chicago Blackhawks um, with uh, four games to one in the series. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We're starting to move forward to the next round. But, you know, we're going to talk about it a bit. So after this break, uh, we'll talk NHL. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. All right, welcome back to the show. Um, now we're, we're talking some NHL playoffs and there was a pretty eventful night, uh, last night, you know, as far as the playoffs go, we had our first elimination of this series. Um, and that was the golden Knights taking on the Blackhawks. That was the 10 30 game, uh, Vegas won. It was a little bit of a battle. Uh, Blackhawks went up to a two, nothing lead. Uh, Vegas responded. Blackhawks scored again in the second, uh, Vegas scored twice in the second, took the lead and, um, and then actually tied it up. And then, you know, we went to the third with three, three and Vegas took a four, three lead and, and they arguably had a fifth goal that was taken away uh, due to goalie interference. That I thought was a little suspect, but, um, you know, the key player I, I thought was Alex Tuck, who should have had two goals last night. Um, he comes back, Vegas was playing without him for a little bit. He got hurt. Um, and, and this is really the interesting thing is that when you have what happened with the NHL, what happened with sports in general? You're seeing it all over the place. All these healthy guys came back. And, you know, the fact that they were able to get healthy, you know, for instance, Jake Genzel, it didn't end up working out for the Penguins, but Jake Genzel came back. He wasn't even supposed to be back, and he came back and was able to play in the playoffs. Um, the Golden Knights, you know, they, they got back Paul Stastny. Um, Mark Stone came back from injury. Alex Tuck. Uh, they have a pretty big list of players that were hurt that were able to come back and suit up and, and play in, in this series. Um, hats off to the Blackhawks. Um, they weren't even really supposed to be in it. 32-38-8 uh, on the year. They upset Edmonton in the first round, the play-in round, and uh, they won a game. They won game four against uh, the Golden Knights. So, you know, it's it's the end of the road for them, but it wasn't a, an awful end of the year, that's for sure. And when you have players like Dominic Kubalik and you know Jonathan Taves and you know Patrick Kane, the scoring wasn't the issue; it was the defense. And I thought their defense was actually pretty solid in in the bubble. Um, I was pretty impressed. I mean, Corey Crawford was very very good in this series. Um, specifically game four he was pretty locked down uh robin laner um was the the one that was in the net for the golden knights for the majority of the series uh mark andre Fleury was in net for uh game three i believe um so i mean you know vegas having that two goalie tandem two starters they got laner from the blackhawks so uh, you know, they have that familiarity with him, and I think that's really what helped them kind of stay in this. Um, they probably know, I'd imagine they know Robin Lehner inside and out at this point. Um, but, you know, the Blackhawks were impressive. You know, they made those games count, and, um, you know, Vegas just has way too much, uh, you know, working for them. And, you know, they have guys like Nicholas Waugh that just aren't talked about, you know, those scrappers that, you know, can can get those assists and get those goals and, and you know, work and be aggressive and, um, you know, really dominate the forecheck. You know, those are those are players that are counted on in the playoffs. You know, we see it all the time, and I'm really impressed for one uh, of Nicholas Waugh. Um, you know, there were some other guys, of course. You know, Boquest, and um, you know, you can't forget about Kirby Doc, the the third round, the third overall pick. 
you know, for the Chicago Blackhawks. I thought he had a good series. Um, so, I mean, you know, all in all, uh, this is a, a nice win for Vegas, the number one seed. This is a, you know, a moral victory for the Blackhawks who, um, you know, they obviously would have liked to win, but, you know, Vegas was a lot better uh, a team than the Blackhawks, in my opinion. Um, I think Vegas has a legitimate shot to win the Stanley Cup. Um, and I don't think the Blackhawks were ever going to get there, but this is, uh, I think it's a win for their season. I feel like they can build off this. Um, and you know, they were pretty impressive when it counted. It kind of goes to show you though, you know, when you have three months away from the game, it's hard to stay, you know, keep that hot streak. Vegas somehow did. Uh, they look just as good as they did three months ago. It kind of goes to show you though, you know, when they acquired Robin Lehner, I mean, there were, you know, the league was a little worried when they got him because you see it in baseball with the two aces. Well, you know, we have a hockey team that has two legitimate number one starters in goal, and that's going to go a long way. Um, so they await uh, the lowest seed remaining. Uh, so basically, the way it is right now is if the Flames beat the Stars, they would automatically be the lowest seed, uh, lowest seed remaining. Um, but if... The Blues, um, if the Blues beat Vancouver and the Stars beat the Flames, then, you know, Vegas would play the Blues. And if Vancouver beats the Blues and the Stars beat the Flames, the Vegas Knights would play Vancouver. Um, So that's how we're looking at that. Uh, it, It was a really good win for the Golden Knights. They'll probably wait about a week before they get back on the ice um, because, you know, those those are not over. Um, moving on though, the Flyers with a very impressive two nothing shutout win over the Canadians. The Canadians talk about a team that's kind of you know playing every nothing to lose, everything to gain. Um, Carter Hart was incredible, uh, twenty nine saves, another shutout. He's been lights out this postseason. Um, you know, I, it wasn't a, a shock to me. The Flyers really have been creeping up, and the whole year I've been thinking about it. And really, really, the Philadelphia Flyers have been kind of the the dominant, um, consistent team that nobody's talking about. They had a really good season, and they were not being talked about in the same discussion as like you know the Boston Bruins or you know the Penguins or you know the Caps and. I mean, the Flyers came to play, and they won the round robin. They got the number one seed as well as Vegas. So, you know, we'll see from here on out. It's 3-1 in the series. I think Philly is about to end the series the next game against the Canadians, in my opinion. Again, Canadians, the same thing kind of applies here with the Blackhawks. You know, they weren't even supposed to be in it. Um, there were a lot of people saying that they were going to end up, probably end up getting um, the, uh, you know, uh, Lafreniere, Alexis, Alexis Lafreniere. Um, and here they are playing in the Stanley Cup playoff. You know, it's an impressive season for them. They went through a lot of injuries. They battled, and, uh, you know, I, I think they have a lot to show for it. They have a lot to build off of for next year. Um, moving on, the Flames were unable to take down the Stars, and the Stars now take a 3-2 lead in the series. The Flames have a lot going for them, and Cam Talbot was really good. Uh, unfortunately, um, Anton uh, Kadobin was even better, and you know he got he gave up one goal, um, but had 28 saves. Uh, Klingberg had a goal for the Stars. Um, to me, this this is the Stars series to lose. They're such a good defensive team, in my opinion. And the thing about the Stars is, at no point this year have I felt like Tyler Sagan has played his best hockey. And if that ever comes during the playoffs, the way that they've shown that they could play, the Stars are going to be a problem. And I'm sure, you know, St. Louis wouldn't want to see them again because, and and they wouldn't because, the you know, St. Louis would play, um, you know, Vegas in the next round. Uh, but if, if, say, they beat Vegas, I don't think St. Louis wants to see the Stars. I don't think they match up well against the Stars at all. And uh, the Stars are red hot right now. Um, the Flames are a really good team. Don't get me wrong, and they have a lot going for them, uh, and they could easily win this series too. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but I just think the Stars, you know, the way they've played on defense, I, I really like the Stars in this matchup, and I think they're probably going to win the next game and, and win it, in, you know, in six. But we'll see uh, how that goes. And then, you know, moving on, the uh, the Washington Capitals, uh, they were facing elimination, which is nothing like anybody thought coming into this Stanley Cup playoff. Um 
but they were, you know, they were not going to be eliminated uh, last night. Um, you know, when you look, I mean, the Islanders have gone up three games to nothing. Um, you know, you've seen Matt Barzell, the way he's played. Um, and, you know, those guys, I think the Islanders look really good. The Capitals, can they string four wins back to back to back to back together? I don't know. Uh, but Ovechkin was uh, lights out with two goals, um, including the game winner. And, you know, Kuznetsov also had a goal. John Carlson played pretty well. Um, those were your, your three uh, stars of the game. Um, this wasn't the Islanders' best game, though, and they still almost won. How do, I don't know about the Capitals winning the next three uh, in addition to this game. I do think the Capitals are going to be eliminated. I just think it's it's way too much of a hike to come back from that. Um, it's just going to be really tough for them, I think. And, you know, it's unfortunate because you're losing a really good product on the ice. Um, but don't discount the Islanders. Uh, they, they've played some really good hockey, um, and there's a reason why they're in the position they are right now, uh, you know, being a game away from eliminating them especially with the way Matt Barzell has played. Um, moving on, <clears throat> we'll, uh, we'll finish up here with, with hockey. Um, we're on Wednesday. Um, you know, it should be another fun, you know, day of hockey. We have uh, Tampa Bay Lightning going for elimination game uh, to take out the Blue Jackets. A little bit of a surprise to me. I felt like the Blue Jackets uh, would be in this position against uh, Tampa, but um, they beat Tampa last year, so Tampa's getting that revenge uh, likely today, um, the way Kucherov's playing and, and, you know, I, I think, I think the lightning are, are looking really good now. I think, you know, it's no nonsense at this point. Uh, the Bruins and the hurricanes are, are, you know, another elimination game. The Bruins have a chance to knock the hurricanes right out of the playoffs. Hurricanes, good team. Um, I think they overachieved, but, um, you know, I, I really, I, I like the way the Bruins are playing, despite Tuka Rask, um, you know, opting out of the year. Uh, Colorado versus um, Arizona. I don't see this going any other way. Colorado, to me, you know, they they scored seven goals the other night. Uh, this this ends in uh, this ends in Edmonton, um, in my opinion. I think the Avalanche are going to roll again. Um, they have the Coyotes number, and and I think the Avalanche move on, and. Uh, I mean, we could be seeing three eliminations there. And then the Flyers, you know, they play today against the Canadians. I think that they're going to win there. I mean, we could see four eliminations. And then the 2-2 series, very interesting series, by the way. The Blues started off struggling, but now they're back in it against the Canucks. Canucks are a tough team. They acquired Toffoli uh, from the LA Kings. Um, you know, with the way JT Miller, uh, Pedersen, Bo Horvat, the way they've been playing, uh, the Canucks are not an easy out. Um, you know, and, and I think the, the blues, they're very deep as well. They're obviously one of the best teams in the league. Um, it would be a shame to lose the blues this early. Um, but I mean, we've already lost Edmonton, you know, we lost, uh, Pittsburgh. So I wouldn't be shocked just the, the theme of this whole thing going on. Uh, I tend to believe the blues are going to win tonight. Uh, the 10 30 game, I think they beat the Canucks. Uh, the Canucks might take game six, but I think the Blues are ultimately going to win the series. I think the Canucks were always going to be a tough uh, matchup, but I still felt like the Blues just have way too much going for them. Um, and, you know, despite the way that they've played, it looks like they're slowly gaining back what they had. That overtime win was huge. Uh, so we'll see moving forward, but um, I do like the Blues tonight. So, you know, my picks for uh, tonight, um, you know, I have the Lightning, I have the Bruins, the Avalanche, the Flyers, and the Blues. So pretty much every team that would be playing at home, I have winning. So that's going to wrap up our NHL uh, coverage. We're going to move on over to the NFL and then to the MLB, and that'll be a podcast. Um, you know, appreciate you guys sticking around. And, uh, well, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll move on over to the NFL. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
All right, guys, we're here for part three of the podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in and you know enjoying the show. Um, so we're at the NFL portion of this. We've talked about the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. Now it's time to talk a little bit about football. Um, you know, obviously at this point, there's not a ton going on. You know, players are back in training camp. You know, pads are starting to be put on and. You know, we're getting some legit, you know, training camp practices, things like that. But as far as actual news that's gone on, it's been fairly limited. So this will be relatively quick, but I do want to bring it up, of course. The Cowboys waived Gerald McCoy with an injury designation after being announced out for the year. Uh, really tough injury there to, to lose him for the year and after he signed that contract. Um, you know, really feel for him. So, and that's obviously unfortunate. And, you know, we've seen Artie Burns with the Bears cornerback. He was running with the ones. He's out for the season. Um, you know, we, we've started to see that. Um, Amon Mitchell, uh, sorry, Amon Marshall um, over with the Ravens was placed on IR. Uh, so it's starting to get to be that time of the year. Rennell Wren of the Cincinnati Bengals was carried off of uh, the practice field. So uh, hopefully he's all right. Um, you know, hopefully the injuries are, are less this year. But, you know, anytime injuries happen, it's definitely rough to watch. Uh, it's great seeing Alex Smith uh, considering injuries. It's great seeing Alex Smith back at camp. He was back with the Washington football team. Um, so, you know, good for him. Um, you know, obviously they have a tough choice to make. Do they go with... Um, you know, the two year veteran or, you know, the two year, the sophomore year guy that they drafted, um, in Dwayne Haskins, or do they go with Alex Smith, who was the starting quarterback, uh, before his leg basically snapped, um, he's done a lot of rehab and he's worked his tail off to get back to where he is. So it'd be interesting. Um, you know, we'll see if Alex Smith can win the job, but I mean, I don't know about you. I I'd feel a little worried uh, just in general, putting Alex Smith out there after everything. I know, you know, doctors have cleared him, but it just, I saw his leg go in a completely different direction. And you saw it with Theismann. I just don't know how he's able to come back from it. Um, it's pretty incredible. And, and hats off to Alex Smith, obviously, for being able to do such a crazy thing and come back from such a devastating injury. Um, moving on, we do, we did get some news, uh, from the NFL, uh, the pro football hall of fame. There's two finalists, uh, that were just announced two times Super Bowl winning head coach, Tom Flores and legendary Cowboys wide receiver, Drew Pearson. Uh, they were named as finalists for the pro football hall of fame. Um, definitely an interesting one there. Uh, will they both be hall of famers? Uh, I don't know for sure. Um, Pearson, his numbers aren't as great as say guys that aren't in, uh, but it's, you know, it's part of that time frame and his success with Dallas is obviously not, um, you can't really argue against that. So, I mean, you could make an argument. Tom Flores is a two time Super Bowl winning head coach. I'd be shocked if he doesn't make it this year. There's been a lot of talk about Tom Flores over the last few years. So I think this will probably be, you know, finally be the year he gets in. And uh, <clears throat> lastly, before we uh, we wrap this segment up, we're going to talk more, um, you know, opinion-based uh, content moving forward with the NFL since there's just not a lot to talk about. Um, you know, a lot of news anyway. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about Hard Knocks. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say this. If you guys have watched, the Los Angeles idea is a good idea, uh, but I don't know if it works for their brand. When you look at Hard Knocks, you look at the fact it's one team, it's isolated to one team in the league. You are basically looking at a documentary of their story. Uh, you saw in the past, you know, guys that have been Hard Knocks uh, favorites, um, you know, Danny Woodhead uh, being a favorite from, you know, the year uh, the Jets were on it. You, you see these underdogs and the way Hard Knocks kind of documents their journey to make an NFL team. It's really kind of different this year because I feel as though... And I get it, but I feel as though they've put such a premium on COVID. Um, COVID obviously is huge in our society today, in any society in the world. I mean, it's a it's a global pandemic, and I understand that. Um, but I don't think we need to see so much COVID being put on the thing. Um, you know, it was a false positive uh, for Seth Ryan, um, and they showed a ton of it. Uh, they showed they took a ton of time on Seth Ryan. I get it. Maybe they shouldn't have taken that long. Um, I just think that, you know, and, and this is what happens when you have two teams, you're going to be under a microscope because the problem is you only have an hour. 
Um, I think they made the mistake of having two teams that they weren't going to have it at two hours. I think having, you know, fitting two teams in an hour, you can do it. But as you see, you leave a lot out. And, uh, you know, I thought it was kind of cool, you know, getting to see, um, you know, the, the running back for the Chargers, um, you know, kind of the, the low key UDFA running back for the Chargers. Uh, getting to see Austin Eckler and you know, talk about his journey a little bit, but then it's like, you don't really get to see a whole lot about the chargers because then they have to move over to the Rams and vice versa. You know, the Rams, it was fun, you know, getting to see a little bit about Clay Johnston. You know, there's a little bit about Jalen Ramsey when he was looking for a home in LA. You know, we heard about that and to see it, um, you know, that was cool. But again, the problem is that you have to move on over to the chargers. So I like it. Um, for what it is, I just feel like the what they created and what Hard Knocks is, what it means, what it represents, I don't think in an hour you can afford to have two teams. This should either be a two-hour show or it should be done just one team separately on an hour. Um, I, I like it, and it's football, and obviously a lot of people would agree with me, um, but to say that this is incredible and, and this should win an award, I would firmly disagree. I thought the first episode was done well, um, but kind of gave you, you know, some some issue, you know, kind of thinking eh, this might not be long enough. The second episode was kind of all over the place and it kind of showed you that it wasn't long enough. They showed, you know, Jared Goff um, at his place and it, there's there's just not enough time. Um, and I know a lot of people wanted to see more of like, you know, the rookies trying to make the team. There's just not a lot of information being out, you know, being out there. Um, you know, for instance, the, the year the Rams were on hard knocks with Jeff Fisher, you know, you heard about Eric Cush and you kind of, you know, dove into his story and how he was trying to make the team. Like I, you know, previously mentioned Danny Woodhead, who he ended up being a decent football player in the NFL. I mean, those are the things that you turn hard knocks on to because you're hearing about it, but now you're getting to see it and you, it's more of a deep dive, uh, with, hard knocks you know you're seeing a lot of the stars you're seeing a lot of you know the justin herberts and you know that's great um but you know at the same time i think it's also done a disservice to what the brand truly means and what hard knocks was all about it was about the underdog and it was about to get to learn about really what these players go through um i get the covid thing i do but at the same time we don't need multiple scenes that are extremely long and you know drawn out about covid I think they spent plenty of time the first episode. They spent way too much time the second episode. That's just my take on Hard Knocks. Um, if you disagree with me, you know, let me know. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at JKBoganDTSN. You can follow uh, Downtown Sports Network at DT Sports Network. Uh, just pop on over and, you know, uh, at me and just let me know what your thoughts are on Hard Knocks. I mean, I have... You know, I'm, I'm down to listen to, you know, anybody's thought on that. I don't necessarily think it's the, it, it's a perfect product is what I'm saying. I think it's as good as it can be for having two teams. So uh, with that being said, and again, we'll have more NFL content down the road, um, but we want to keep it short, kind of focus more on the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs and the baseball season that's actually underway. Um, but we'll have more NFL content um, on our next show. So uh, we're going to take a step back here. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to go into our final segment uh, for the MLB, and then uh, that'll wrap it up for our second uh, episode of the podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, we are back for the fourth and final segment. We're talking MLB. We're going to be discussing Fernando Tatis's unwritten rule because um, that is huge. We're going to be recapping Tuesday's games, previewing Wednesday's games. Uh, should be fun, and that'll be the podcast. So, uh, you know, first and foremost, I want to start off with Fernando Tatis, who is by far the most explosive player in the MLB right now. Um, he has 11 home runs. He's been the heart and soul of the Padres. He showed you basically what I was saying all along, that 
Manny Machado really isn't a franchise player. Um, he's overrated, and he was a mistake for the Padres to go after. Um, it's not hate. I'm just saying because, you know, I'm actually a Yankees fan, and, you know, there were a lot of Yankees fans that were out there saying Fernando Tatis, 100, not Fernando Tatis, the, the Yankees 100% have to sign Manny Machado, and I just didn't think he was worth the money. Um, the whole Johnny Hustle thing did bother me, um, but I, I just think he's an overrated player. He's a, he's a really good defender, but aside from that, I don't think his bat is as great as advertised, and we've seen that. So, you know, he's struggling already to start the year. Uh, this team honestly isn't all that great. The Padres really don't look all that great, but Tatis has really, um, Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, has looked fantastic. And, you know, he would, if the season ended today, I mean, he probably wins MVP. And, you know, I know that's surprised because it, it seems like, you know, Mike Trout is really the guy in that regard or an Aaron Judge, but you can't sleep on Tatis Jr. who's con- pretty much stealing the show, um, you know, moving forward. But, I just want to talk a little bit about this unwritten rule uh, because first off, um, for those of you who don't know, it was on Monday. Um, we had this this whole big issue apparently go on with the Texas Rangers uh, basically losing 14 to four. It was nine to four at the time. Um, and Tatis, was he took a 3-0 pitch right down the plate and served it into the the right field seats. And it was already a blowout. The Padres were clearly going to win all of that yada yada and uh Tatis hit his 11th league leading 11th home run. And the the Rangers manager flipped out um to like a whole other level. And uh, it looked like, you know, they, they're basically tossing obscenities and all that and just really mad, which, I mean, I guess happens when you're down 14 to 4. Um, but, I mean, it, the Rangers manager was mad. Chris Wood, Woodward was really mad. Um, here's my thing, okay? Because I'm seeing all of the, the purists of this sport go at Tatis and... I mean, I just saw Reggie Jackson, Mr. October, come out and basically support Tatis. I support Tatis. I don't believe in the whole running up the score thing uh, in baseball. Um, I don't think people understand. If you've never played the sport, you're not going to understand what it is like, you know, going up to the plate. You can't just, like, half try you know, when you're at the plate, you don't want to just half try. Like, you want to hit a home run. You want to get on base. You want to steal. Like, it, baseball, you only get a time. Like, most games, you only have a chance to bat three times if you're lucky, four. Uh, so, anytime you get an opportunity at the plate, you want to make the most of it. And Tatis doesn't owe anybody anything. It's 3-0. Um, you know, I, I have no issue with what happened. No issue whatsoever. Um, you know, and I know I like that his players came out and defended him. Um, I just think, you know, in my opinion, if you don't want that to happen, don't go down 3-0. Um, and don't throw a pitch right down the middle for the hottest hitter in the league down 3-0 in the count. In my opinion, I just, to me, you know, I, I just think I see the hottest hitter in baseball. I see a meatball and I see a guy that just loves the game of baseball and, you know, obviously wants to play baseball. I don't have any issue with it. Um, I honestly think that the whole, you know, mean spirited, um, running up the score. I just don't subscribe to the notion because you're professional baseball players, but even other sports, I don't subscribe to it in football. Um, I don't subscribe to the idea of basketball, I mean, I, I just don't, it's pros, you know, in hockey. I mean, I, I just like, so Colorado in the playoffs, uh, you know, a night ago, you're telling me them scoring seven goals against Arizona is running up the score. I mean, we've seen, you know, four goals scored in 30 seconds before. I mean, <laughs> it, no score is ever too big. Um, I saw the Yankees come back. Uh, it was back when I was little and the Yankees played the same team, the Rangers, and uh, they came all the way back from nine down in like the eighth inning to win 10-9. And 
no score is ever safe in any sport um, when you're playing with professionals. And to me, I'll back uh, Fernando Tatis until the cows come home because I just don't believe in it. And I think, quite honestly, it was really unprofessional uh, for Chris Woodward, who is a rookie manager, so I'll give him that. Um, I thought it was extremely unprofessional the way he came at Fernando Tatis and the Padres um, about that. Yeah, you didn't like it because you're down 14-4 to now and your, your team isn't very good. That's why you didn't like it. Um, let's not put anything else on it. You just you didn't like it because you're losing. Um, but we're going to go really quickly through yesterday's games. Uh, the Rays go to 15-9 and on the season, continuing to be a huge pass for the New York Yankees. Uh, they win on the road and go to 6-7 and on the road. Uh, Blake Snell is your winner. Tanaka is your loser. Rowe gets the save. It's his first save of the year. Um, Tanaka really hasn't, in my opinion, he hasn't been the same since the concussion, so I do worry about that. Uh, in final in 11 innings, the Astros, who have now won, I believe, six straight, beat the Rockies 2-1. to one. Uh, Winner is Scrub. Loser is Diaz. Uh, that's Scrub's first win of the year in 11 innings. The Giants take down the Angels 8-2. to um, Yastrzemski and Sandoval both homer. But, uh, Dylan Bundy loses his second game of the season. He's been pitching very well. Uh, Garcia is your winner in that one. The Padres win 6-4 to against the Rangers. Uh, Stammen is your winner. Mike Miner gets the loss. Quantrill gets the save. Uh, the Diamondbacks improve to 13-11. Taking down one of the teams, one of the league's best surprising teams, the Athletics, ten to one. Weaver gets the win. Montas gets the loss. Final in ten innings, the Indians beat the uh, the Pirates six to three, improved to fourteen and nine on the year. Brad Hand with the save. Uh, Whitgren gets the win. Howard gets the loss. Uh, final in Atlanta, the Nationals, who have had a weird season, the reigning champion. Washington Nationals are 9 and 12 they improved to after beating the 14 and 11 Braves. Uh, Suero gets the win, Matzik gets the loss, Hudson gets the save. That's Daniel Hudson's fifth save of the year. Final in LA, the Dodgers win 2 to 1 over the Mariners. Blake Trannon gets the win, Altavilla gets the loss for the Mariners. Um, Trannon has looked amazing this season uh, since they acquired him. The Mets, they win it in Miami, 8-3, to improved to 11-14 and on the year. Uh, Brandon Nimo hits, uh, gets about three hits in this game. Two ribbies, has a pretty good game, and New York rallies, uh, moves ahead. Wilson gets the win. Mejia gets the loss. The Phillies improved to 13-6 and on or in win 13 to 6 improved to 9 and 9 due to how many of those games were postponed. They beat the Red Sox. Uh Blake Parker gets the win. Uh Taylor gets the loss. The final in 10 innings, the Blue Jays beat the Orioles 8 to 7, improved to 9 and 11 on the season. The Orioles fall to 12 and 11. A tough game. Baskets win. Solzer gets the loss. Over in Chicago, the White Sox beat the Tigers 10-4. Dylan Cease gets his fourth win of the season. Scooble gets the loss for the Tigers. And in 12 innings, the final over there in Minnesota, the Twins take down the Brewers, improve to 16-8, a surprising year for the Twins. Kenta Maida's no-hitter ends in the ninth inning, uh, but the Twins still hold on and win. Um in 12. Uh, moving on, the final game after the Reds and Royals was uh, postponed uh, postponed for a later date. The Cubs take down the St. Louis Cardinals and improve to 15-7 with a 6-3 win. Hugh Darvish gets his fourth win of the season and improves his monstrous performance this season. Ponce DeLone gets the loss and Wick gets his fourth save of the season. And that is all for the baseball uh, scores and recap of Tuesday. Wednesday, we have a bunch of stuff going on. Um, it should be you know some good matchups here. Uh, you know, you're looking at just right off the cuff, the Yankees, Garrett Cole is back on the mound going against Tyler Glass now uh, for uh, for the Rays. 
The Yankees are looking to come back after winning about seven games in a row, losing last night, and the way they did to the Rays, they're looking to beat the Rays. They've had a hard time this year against the Rays. The Rays have appeared to have their number. The Orioles against the Blue Jays. Tommy Malone is on the hill for the Orioles, facing Tanner Rourke for the Blue Jays. The Red Sox, they send Kyle Hart to the mound. He has a 22 ERA and has struggled this season against Jake Arrieta of the Phillies. The Cubs send Alec Mills to the hill against Jack Flaherty for the Cardinals. Cardinals are only 5-6 and six because of all of the postponement that went on uh, for that ball club. The Royals, after they just uh, basically got canceled yesterday, uh, the, the Royals-Twins game, they have the doubleheader first game. Brad Keller's on the mound against Luis Castillo. The Cubs and Cardinals, again, they have a doubleheader, a makeup from uh, August 8th, um, and that'll be decided who the probable pitcher is later, at, uh, later on tonight. Uh, the Braves taking on the Nationals, Kyle Wright going up against Eric Fetty. And then the Pirates and Indians, Stephen Brault going up against Aaron Savali. The Mets taking on the Marlins. Jacob deGrom is on the hill, 2-0 this year with a 2.45 ERA going up against Pablo Lopez. We have Trevor Bauer for Game 2 on the hill for the Reds against Matt Harvey for Kansas City. The Tigers send Casey Mize onto the hill for with the White Sox, Dane Dunning. The Brewers taking on the Twins. Brett Anderson's on the hill against Rich Hill. Astros send Framber Valdez to the hill against Rockies' Ryan Castellani. The Rangers send red-hot Lance Lynn 3-0 with a 1-1-1 ERA against Chris Paddock of the Padres. The Diamondbacks are sending Merrill Kelly to the hill against the Athletics' Jesus Lizardo. The Dodgers send red-hot Julio Urias against Taiwan Walker of Seattle. And the final game of the night, we have the 945 slot. The Angels are sending Patrick Sandoval back onto the mound against the Giants' Johnny Cueto. So that is it for the MLB, and that is it for this podcast. Uh, you know, Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, we'll be back very soon. We're going to try and get this going, maybe even a weekly bit. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. As always, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find me at JK Bogan DTSN. You can find Downtown Sports Network at DT Sports Network and wherever uh, you can find social media. All right, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed. Enjoy your sports. Sports is back. Things are good. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.